Tend to get loud. Hallelujah. Everybody doing all right this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's an affirmative. We're going to look to the Word of God, and before we do, uh, pastor's traveling today, obviously, and so uh, we want to honor our pastor. How many are thankful for our pastor? Glory to God. Amen. I would not want to discourage you about having to hear from me, so I won't disclose what I was explaining to my wife this morning about uh, a man like our pastor occupying this pulpit 99% of the time, and when, when I'm called on to backfill, I do take it very seriously, and it's humbling, but I do want to honor him. I want to honor our ministry team and uh, bless them. They are awesome men. And women of God. And this church is blessed. What happens behind the curtain is a lot. And I'm thankful for the prayers and the faithfulness and the anointing that God has placed upon our ministry team. Amen. And I'm thankful for family. I don't want it to go unstated. The first institution in Scripture, the family. And if your family is under assault, you are in the right place today. Tell God all about it. Ask him to heal it in Jesus' name. I'm thankful for my wife, my son Kedrick. I get to see his big, big smile that we paid so much for over the years on Instagram every now and then. And uh, thankful to see my daughter, Brooklyn, up here worshiping the Lord. Thank you for that baby girl, Braylon. I'm not going to be able to say that much longer, y'all. She's four. She's telling me about liquids and solids the other day, so I don't know how much baby there is left. But I'm thankful to God for my family. We're going to look to the gospel according to Dr. Luke this morning for just a moment. And I've got my study Bible up here. I'm not really a big fan of how this thing looks, but I can assure you it is the Word of God. I preferred my big black leather-bound 50-pound Bible, but today we're going to look at this one. And uh, the Lord has something for us. He would not let me escape this thought. We've talked a lot about trees, a lot about seeds, a lot about leaves, a lot about uh, fruit, and we do so thematically in this church, and I'm thankful for it. But there is an observation that the Lord has arrested me with, and I'm going to, under the unction of the Holy Ghost, deliver it to you today. The book of Luke, the 8th division and the 11th verse. Now, Jesus said, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Moving down to verse 8 uh, and 14. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. I'm going to lift our, our title today from that 14th verse. I simply wanted to minister for a moment on this thought, choked, choked. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, choked, in Jesus' name. Let's ask the Lord to be near. Father, we thank you for your presence that's in this house. God, you have graced us with your presence, and we do not take it for granted, Father. We covet it. And now, Lord, above and beyond the nearness, we desire to hear your voice and so I pray that it would ring in our ears and that it would reverberate in our souls and that we would be edified that our faith would be increased 
Make me safe, Lord, to these your lambs. In the name of Jesus, I pray that your word would accomplish its work and that you would be glorified. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And the church said, amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I want to thank Brother Jordan for mentioning our Thanksgiving baskets. Uh, I appreciate you doing that. Uh, Brother Jordan, we, we definitely want to bless those that are in need this Thanksgiving season. Please see Connect Point and make sure that you participate to the degree that you are able. Now, this parable is one of the few parables that is found in three of the Gospels, the parable of the sower. And I know it's so familiar. And I'll tell you right now that as I was uh, considering today's message, the enemy did say to me, they've heard this so much, you're going to lose them as soon as you go to that text. But I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. The Lord has a word for us here this morning in the name of the Lord. And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke are each eyewitnesses. As Jesus is speaking this parable of the sower, and so we're going to call them forward if we can and just look at some of what they observed in parallel if we, if we could here as we open. I'm going to be on the runway for a minute, so don't lose me, all right? Just buckle up. We'll get there eventually. Hallelujah. Luke 8 and 4 says, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him, Jesus, out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. We know this is the first of the four types of ground. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, the second type of soil. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered. It withered away because it lacked moisture. And then, verse 7, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And we all know the fourth ground, that, that being, of course, the good ground. I want to look at Mark real quick, 4 and 7. And let's see what Mark has to say about what Jesus spoke in the parable of the sower as related to the seed among the thorns. Mark 4, 7 says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. So we have Luke saying... The thorn sprang up with it, with the seed, and choked it. We have Mark saying, the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Back to Luke, verse 8. I know I'm bouncing around here for a minute. Hopefully, uh, the media team's keeping up. Luke 8 and 8. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, again, Jesus, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. The scripture says he cried. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. See, this was a time and this was a place in history where there were lots of voices. There were lots of messages. There was a lot of noise, if you will. Everyone had an opinion and a perspective. And Jesus was saying, if you've got ears to hear the word, I want you to hear the word that I'm speaking to you. And I would, I would echo the cry of the Lord today. If you have an ear to hear the word, hear the word of God. Don't just hear the social media. Don't just hear the news. Don't just hear the popular opinion. But hear the word of God. This brings us closer to Luke 8, 11, where I stopped or started rather. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And 14 again. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked. Someone say choked. With cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. I want to look at this explanation from Brother Mark's perspective. Here's what he heard Jesus say. 
Mark 4 and 18. And these are they which are sown among the the thorns, such as hear the word. Now, carefully with me, Mark 4, 19. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it become unfruitful. Matthew 13 and 22. We're in the home stretch here with these, with these verses. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become unfruitful. I don't know what determined which parables would be recorded by which of the gospels and which of their authors. But I believe there are only eight that appear in all three, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John does not record any of the parables. Of some 35 parables, this pared down few, select few, the parable of the sower is, needless to say, extremely popular. I want to open today by reiterating that the seed is the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. And, 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 and if you've been around the church any amount of time, you say, well, I, I know that, Brother Brian. But, but here's the thing that I believe the Lord wants us to understand. Whenever the call goes out, who wants to be fruitful? Everybody raises their hand. Whenever there's a call for commitment and consecration, the altars are full with people saying, I want to be committed. I want to be consecrated. But what we forget is that there is something that must precede fruitfulness in the life of the believer, and that is the seed, which is the Word of God. It is the word that must be prevalent in our lives. Jesus is standing before the multitude and he declares that the seed is the word. He doesn't give any wiggle room. He doesn't just allude to it. He says it very plainly. And this parable rises and it falls on this understanding that the seed is the word of God. For the ground... You and I, to be of any consequence, if we're going to be the womb, if we're going to be the incubator for that seed, that is to say, if we're going to be in the kingdom, a fertile entity that will receive the word, that, will, it, that it might establish us like a tree, hallelujah, planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in abundance, that our branches might be laden with that fruit, even the fruit of the Spirit, then we have to receive the word of the Lord. This is why and this is how faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. You say, Brian, everything here, this is so familiar. I've walked around this block so many times. Bear with me. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. There is a perpetuity that happens as the seed of the word is sown into our lives. When we receive it and we bear fruit, that fruit is full of an exponential multiplication of seed, hallelujah, that is multiplied back to the sower, even you and I, and our faith grows and we become fruitful. Hallelujah. Now we sing in roots, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit is goodness and faith, meekness and temperance too. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. That's how we do it in roots, y'all. But did you notice that buried right in the middle of that was faith? Faith. Faith. See, it could have been said this way. It could have been said, love comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 
You're going to give me a long leash here this morning? Because the fruit of the Spirit comes by the seed of the Word. And we have to understand that every time the Word goes forth, we have an opportunity, life or death, and it will all uh, hinge upon the soil of my soul. And am I ready to receive that Word and let it to be fruitful in my life? So the Word of God matters. Every line, every precept. The believer must be in a position to perpetually receive the Word every time it goes forth. Now, when I, when I was coming up, and probably up until, I guess I shouldn't confess, but I'll just say recently, I always viewed the parable of the sower as a parable about the initial act of evangelism. If I go out and I'm knocking on doors, well, I'm going to invite them to church, and they're either going to be stony ground, or they're going to be a pathway, or they're going to be fertile ground, or maybe they'll be a, 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 a thorn-filled field. But this is not the case. Every time the word goes forth, not upon the initial hearing, but every time the word goes forth, hallelujah, when the songs of worship begin to echo the truth of God's word, seed is being sown, hallelujah, when the Wednesday night Bible study is being taught in an expository manner, seed is being sown, when the evangelist comes before us and he declares the word of God, when our least favorite preacher is in the pulpit. Seed is being sown in every day of my life, in every moment. I'm either a wayside Christian. I'm either a stony ground Christian. I'm either dealing with a thorny ground. Or I am a soiled soul that is ready to receive the word of God that it might be fruitful in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the way that... You and I as individuals and the church at large flourish. It must be this way. For that the word is going to be a lamp unto my feet. It's got to be in my soul. For the word to be a light unto my path and to illuminate my way. It's got to be in my soul. This is how a young man shall cleanse his ways, the scripture says, by taking heed thereto according to the word. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. You all know the scripture. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. I'm going to stop right there. The Spirit of the Lord moved when it was dark. The Spirit of the Lord moved when it was void. The Spirit of the Lord moved when there was no shape, and there was no comeliness, and when there there was utter chaos and confusion, and there was just a question mark over the entire situation. But it wasn't until God's voice was heard that everything was illuminated. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hallelujah. The darkness had no say in the matter. God had spoken. And we need a word of truth in our ears as the assembly of God. That when my situation doesn't have form, when it's dark, when it's void of victory, when it's void of clarity, when it's void of direction, it is the word of God. Hallelujah. That will bring me the deliverance that I need and make me fruitful in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, 
Now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Today is the day of salvation. Today, and if we're to be saved, if we're to be effectual church, if we're to be fruitful and light and salt, we've got to covet this word. We've got to declare it. We've got to believe it. We've got to hold fast to the word of truth. I've got to make the time. I've got to take the time. It's easy to tune in to every alternative source, every carnal opinion, every perspective and fallen and impure ideology and philosophy, but every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. The seed of the word matters. Hallelujah. I don't know what year it was, Brother John. To me, it was probably somewhere close to when Ken Griffey Jr. was a rookie. That would have been in the late 80s. It just went full on carnal. But I'm bringing it back real quick. But I remember the choir singing a song. Yeah, buddy. They said, John 3.16, he loved the world, he gave his only son. Anybody remember that? I got about two. Nehemiah 8 and 10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Psalm 27 and 1, the Lord is my light. And my sal I feel the Holy Ghost, salvation, Isaiah 26 and 3, I will keep you in perfect peace. All you got to do is look, I found it all. You got the 500 voice choir, I found it all in the word of God. Everything that you need is in the word of God. And so it's vital, it's vital when the church is being separated physically, when the church is, well, it's not going to be divided, but when the enemy thinks that the church is going to be divided on issues, I said when he thinks, hallelujah, when the church is under assault, it's vital that we remember that this is our foundation and that I've got to receive this word. When somebody gets on social media, they're talking about this and that. When somebody comes to me with, what do you think about X, Y, Z, my answer's got to ooze with the word. Word of God. My confidence has got to be in the Word of God. There's only one truth, and it starts here and it ends here, and His name is Jesus because He was the Word made flesh. My Lord and my God. I, I don't. I don't know why this is in my head. I'm going to say it. When, when social media, if you need a rule of engagement. All you have to do is ask yourself, am I glorifying the word? Am I in the word? That's it. It's a simple litmus test. And if you are, declare it. Hallelujah. Proclaim it. Because it won't return void. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We've got to make the time. Take the time. David said, thy word hast thou magnified even above thy name. And we are a Jesus' name church. Hallelujah. And if I just switch gears and start preaching the name of Jesus, we'll, we'll find our feet. And here's David who walked with God, a man after God's own heart, who ascended to kingship. Hallelujah. Who was humbled by prophets. Who made war and knew victory. Hallelujah. Who penned the words, I once was young and now I'm old, but I've never. I said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He had a revelation that I don't even know that I have received yet. That God has exalted his word even above his name. And so when we look to this word, it's a hallowed word. It's a sacred word. It's a word that we can stand on. Hallelujah. And we live in an age where understanding for the believer is not optional. 
It's not optional. I said understanding is not optional. David would pin in Psalm 119, he would say, Thou hast magnified thy word. I apologize. We, we quoted that. The entrance of thy words giveth light. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Well, praise God. That qualifies Brother Brian to understand. It gives understanding to the simple. I don't need to have a triple PhD to have understanding. What I need to have is a relationship with this book. Hallelujah. Because if I'm looking into the book, the word will open up my understanding. Praise the name of Jesus. And I can stand. Pastor's been so eloquent in his etymological uh, dissertation on understanding. What's understanding mean? It means what's under your standing. Because if the shifting sand that I'm standing on has me wobbling, I'm not in a, a position to carry on like a good soldier. Hallelujah. If, if, the, if, if, if I'm unequal and if I'm, I'm, I lack integrity in my views, I can't stand and carry on like a good soldier. But thanks be to God, we can stand upon the Word of God. I hear the prophet declaring the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but the word of our God shall stand, hallelujah, forever. And if I'm standing on that word, I will stand with that word, hallelujah. So we need to be mindful of the seed. That word is our understanding. I, I, I know, I know, I've repeated, I've been around the block. We'll get to choked in a minute. But on board, on board, I don't want to leave this station this morning without everybody in lockstep with me that I've got to have my heart prepared to receive the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. And parents, let me, let me, let me turn the dial just a little bit. Our children need to receive the Word of God. If they're going to be fruitful, they need to receive the word, if they're going to be saved, if they're going to stand, if their faith is going to flourish, it's not a different formula for them than it is for you and I. If there's going to be victory in their lives, it will come from the word. Now, I want, I want, to, I want to pause here for a moment. I want to say something to all of our live stream viewers and everyone that's gathered. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for bellying up to the table faithfully through this virus season. I want to thank you from the bottom of my, come on, we have got to have a church that is hearing the word. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before what happens. It springs forth. If it's by the pathway, come on, it'll get devoured. If, if, it's, if it's among the stony ground, it'll spring forth, but it'll wither. But there are those that'll say, no, 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 no. I've got to get within earshot of the Word of God. I've got to find a way to hear it. And I want every live stream participant to hear me today. Thank you for being faithful to hear and receive the Word of God. Hallelujah. It's of vital importance. If you have tuned in via live stream, if you have made an effort to be in this house when there are questions and when there are concerns, I want to say something right now and I want to make it clear. You are blessed. You are blessed. You say, I don't feel blessed. You're going to be blessed. How do I know it? Because David said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Oh, I told you three things he 
wouldn't bless. But he said, let me tell you what he will bless. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. That's a blessed man. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When you put yourself in a position to receive the word, you can't help but be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You've sought his word. You meditate upon it. Like the prophet, you found them. You ate them, and they were life to you, and they were light. Hallelujah. So I want to, we're getting down the runway. I want to talk about choked. Choked for a minute. Brian, you laid an awful thick foundation. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what we need today. Because all that can be shaken will, but this word will not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, let's inspect this seed that fell among the thorns. The word of God is clear about the wayside. It never took root. There was no root. There was no vine. There was no tree. There was no fruit. That, that grade came back with a big, fat, red F on it. There's nothing happening there, Brother Jordan. And then the seed that fell on the stony ground, it quickly withered, the scripture says. There was a shallow root. The vine was there for a fleeting moment, but the moment that it encountered any heat, it withered. There never became any tree. There never was any fruit. But I cannot get away from the contrast between the wayside and the stony ground and what happens when we get to the thorny ground. Because this seed that fell among the thorns, the scripture is clear that it took root. It is further clear that it grew into a vine, I would submit, and it even became a tree. But when we examine the language recorded by Dr. Fruit, uh, Dr. Luke, <laughs> that was hilarious, by Dr. Luke, no fruit was able to come to perfection. He said, Jesus said that, that the tree was there and there must have been some fruit, but it never came to perfection. It didn't look like it was supposed to look. My Lord. Matthew and Mark, they say it this way. The tree became unfruitful. So this fruit that would not come to perfection, basically was no good at all. It was no fruit at all. I sound like Dr. Seuss up here. <laughs> this is a fruit that's no fruit at all. And there is a danger in the church and in the body, and this is what I, this is what I came to tell you here today, that we can fail to understand that while we're in the church and while we're receiving the word, and not just receiving it, but actually growing by it, and not just growing by it, but even established to a point, plateauing, if you will, we can do so without ever bringing fruit to perfection. We can come to a place where we are choked. Choked. Turn to your neighbor and say, choked ain't dead. I, 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 was, at, uh, I was at an Asian restaurant. They, they call it that, not me. Everybody be safe. And we were there with another apostolic couple, my wife and I. 
and we were enjoying wonderful conversation. And my good brother, who I'm not going to name, I'm dying, I want to, because you know him, but he was there eating, and all of a sudden, he starts doing this number. And I'm like, uh, hey, bro, you okay? And he said, now here's, here's what he knew. He knew that if I'm choking, this is only going one way, and that's the Heimlich maneuver. So just hold on, because I ain't ready for that. That's what he was giving me. <laughs> that's what his hold on was. <laughs> I got to be honest. We're in the public. I wasn't ready for it either. Okay. Y'all awake out there? Now, this, pro- this proceeded for like 20 seconds. Now, I know you all played a game about how long you can hold your breath, but you weren't panicked. You weren't in distress. So you really have no idea. You're like, I can hold it a minute and a half. Yeah, until something's happening. Then you've got about three seconds. <laughs> and so, y'all ain't Navy SEALs. I'm not either. Come on. And so now we're getting in 30, 35, 40 seconds, and I'm nervous. And I'm like, bro, we, we got to do something. Are you okay? And now his, his face is showing it. Like oxygen has left the building. <laughs> I can't. I'm not. But he ain't dead. I hope y'all are catching this. He ain't dead, but he's choking. My Lord, have mercy. And I said, I said, bro, I think we need to deal with it. And he goes, now it's tears, you know. He stood up. I come around right about the time I put my arms around the brother. He goes, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. He said, all he needed was a good fear that a brother was going to hug him in public. And he was like, I'm out, you know. So, so uh, his wife was very concerned. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord, you all right? Blah, blah, blah. And he says to her, <laughs> see, this isn't part of the sermon. This is just funny. He says to her, it's okay, baby. It happens all the time. <laughs> and her face is one, like, are you kidding me? We are one flesh. I've never seen this happen before. And so um, all of that big sidebar, and I hope it brought a smile to your face, is just to say that, we have brothers and sisters in the church that are doing this. They're saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. Just, just give me a minute. My God. And, and the fruitfulness is not there. See, the airways are restricted and the breath doesn't come. And it's hard to breathe in his grace when you're being choked. And it's hard to breathe out his praise when you're being choked. My God. And it's hard when the voice is cut off to testify to your neighbor and to your co-worker. My Lord. It's hard to declare his goodness when you're being choked. There is no proclamation. And the tree is slowly but surely and definitively unfruitful unfruitful you say brian this is heavy i I don't i don't no one's gonna run that's okay that's okay i realize that i'm casting a broad net but there's holes in it some of you may escape but this is relevant to somebody here today somebody is feeling like satan's got you in a chokehold and you're not advancing in the kingdom and you're not feeling the way you should feel and you're not living in the victory that you believe god has reserved for you and you come back over and you come back over and you come back over again but you can't find fruit in your life i want you to know that god has a deliverance for you today in the house of the Lord. You don't have to live choked. He will anoint you and give you power to be the overcomer that you desire to be. My Lord, Jesus, who are they among the thorns? Who is it, God, that is choked? Luke said that they have heard the word. 
past tense. Matthew and Mark said they hear the word, present tense, my God. But the cares of this life, the riches of this life, the pleasures of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things. This is Bible, folks. The care of this world. I'm talking about no career, no possession, no status is worth choking over. My God, help me. We have got to exchange everything we've got for the fruit of the Spirit because it's the fruit that will make us effectual in the earth. Jesus said, if I abide in you and you abide in me, I'll make it so that you're so fruitful, you won't know what to do with it. You'll be bringing baskets to work. Y'all need some fruit. I got so much fruit, I don't know what to do with it. I'm telling you that that is the desire of your Creator, that you and I would receive the seed with gladness. We would receive the Word with gladness. And then when I walk out of here tomorrow, there is a brand new root deep inside of me, and it's bearing fruit in the marketplace. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God. This whole idea of cares of this world and cares of this life, when you begin to get into your concordance and you start unpacking it all, and you start looking at what did this mean in the Greek? What did the writer really intend to say? I'm just going to drop this bomb on you. At least it was to me. It's encompassed by the idea of distraction. Just distraction. We live in a world that is incredibly distracted. I stand before you distracted. We're all in this battle. We're all in this flesh. None of us have gotten to glory yet. Hallelujah. And in this nature that we were born with, this carnal Adamic nature, we are going to deal with distraction. We are going to have to face some things. We're distracted by the news. We're distracted by media and by our phones and with schedules and with the next venue that will entertain me and the pleasure. We're distracted. We don't realize it, but we are being choked. It's happening. It's happening. How many of you have ever observed somebody on their phone while their child was trying to get their attention? Don't raise your hand. You're like, yeah, my husband told me about it. My wife told me about it. I see it all the time. And the, the sand is flying through the hourglass. And we're looking at some empty drivel, some pointless, ridiculous display of information and oversharing that is not edifying and doesn't help the world that it's lost. And we're distracted. I don't, I, I, I don't want to be heavy, but we're choked. We're choked by consumerism. You know what consumerism is? It's a polite way, a non-benign, non-offensive way of saying, of trying to get stuff and shopping. Y'all, I'm guilty. It's not condemnation. It's what Jesus said was choking the tree. That's all. It's choking the tree. Vanity, vanity. There's another big generic word, that big old catch-all. Vanity. My Lord. It's a polished way of talking about what's pretty and a hundred other things, and it distracts us. Young people are distracted. Elderly folks are distracted. My Lord, hear me, hear me. Parents are distracted. 
This is, this, is not, this is not tagged to one demographic or one age group or generation. The Word of God is telling us that there is a tree that does not bring fruit to perfection. I'm going to have our musicians come. Let's go ahead and have them come. The Lord sent me by today, church, to remind you that first and foremost, the seed is the Word of God. And we have to covet it. When you are in love with the word, you know what you are. You're falling in love with Jesus. You, you're not going to love Jesus without loving this word. He is the word made flesh. He is the word made flesh. And I'm on the wall today and I'm declaring a warning. I'm calling out. I'm trying to tell my my family that there's a choking hazard. There's a choking hazard, and it's found its way into the diet of the church. But but be careful. There's bones in that fish. Come on, you all been there. I'm telling you, there's a choking hazard that this world has snuck into the diet of the children of God. And this warning is more relevant than what the Center for Disease Control has to say, what the Board of Health has to say. The riches and the pleasures and the care of this world, they are a choking hazard. You ever wondered what the cares of this life and of this world are? I think think for most of my life, I just categorized it as, well, it's the stuff you got to deal with. You know, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So if I'm worried because the test results aren't back yet, well, that's a care. It may be subtle, but I want to share with you what God showed me this week. He said, you're missing it, Brother Brian. He didn't call me brother. He just said, you're missing it. The emphasis isn't on the care. It's on the qualifier that follows it. It's a care of this life. It's a care of this world. Can I get real? It's a care about this government. It's a care about these institutions. It's a care about this world system. It's a care about this Friday night. Lord, I'm asking you to move in our midst right now. God, I need you. I'm out on a limb, Lord. God is saying, if you can just redirect your cares to the next life, you'll bear fruit. Some 60, some 90, a hundredfold. Think about what I just said, a hundredfold. I don't know what that means. I don't understand that. But that's the word. That's the word. And I, I came with this warning, but I'm following up with a great hope for the body of Christ. It's not just fitting, but it is necessary that when Jesus Christ goes to Calvary, They put a crown of thorns on his head. I don't know that it had to be on his head, except it speaks to me that maybe what's choking us starts here. 
But he wanted to send a clear message. Yeah, there was a curse. There was fallout in Genesis 3 from sin, and that's where we see the thorn begin to emerge for the first time. But I did what I'm faithful to do, and I have taken all of that baggage and all of that that you need redemption from and all that's assaulting you and choking the life out of you, and I'm going to bear it at Calvary just like I did every other sin, just like I did every other infirmity. I'm going to give you victory in my name. All you've got to do is come right back to the foot of that cross and remind yourself that he took the thorns, that he took the thorns. I don't have to be choked. I don't have to be choked. God is fighting for me. Hallelujah. 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 Let's stay in the cross the assembly. There was a time in my ministry church where I would say, well, I can't, I can't deliver a word that leaves us unsure where to go next. Everybody's got to jump up and down. There's got to be smiles for miles and high fives. Listen, church. We're about to go into this new building. We're in a world that is confused, that needs understanding. We are at a time and a place where the fruitfulness of the church has got to flourish because we have a job to do. And I stopped by this morning to tell you, don't be choked. You don't have to. I'm going to prophesy over you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. The Tree of Life Church will not be a body of believers that is choked by the cares of this life and the cares of this world. But we will see God and His glory. We will pursue it and bear fruit in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's receive this word today, and I'd ask you to search your heart, search your soul, call out to God, get an image in your mind of the cross of Calvary, and let's be blessed. Let's be blessed in Jesus' name.